Welcome to the People Powered Business Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee Billet. If you employ staff, engage contractors, or rely on people to help deliver your products or services, you're in the right place. Join us each week as we dive in to uncover what makes people tick, learn the best strategies and tactics to build an amazing team, and most importantly, discover how you, the business owner or leader, can unleash the power of your people to help create the successful business you deserve. Let's get started. Hi, it's Christy Lee here and welcome to episode number 56 of the People Powered Business Podcast. I hope you're well and I'm having a fabulous, fabulous week, whatever you're up to. If you're listening to this episode right as it's released, we've just had the Easter long weekend, so I hope you managed to get some time off or at least to relax a little, possibly even travel. I know it's a very popular weekend for people to get away. Get, get away camping seems to be the popular choice at the moment. Um, but I hope whatever you've been up to, you've been able to get a little bit of R&R, some time with family and friends and some time uh, to just recharge the batteries after the end of our first quarter for the year. And that, God, hasn't that snuck up quickly? Um, it's certainly been a, a busy, busy time. When I was preparing for today's episode of the podcast and thinking about, oh, what would I like to speak about today? I wanted to talk to you about the fact that I've just celebrated 15 years in business. And for those of you who have also been in business for any length of time, you'll know that sometimes we really celebrate these milestones and sometimes we're not so great at celebrating them. So I didn't really celebrate 15 years. I experienced 15 years in business, but we didn't have a huge celebration. And I think it's so easy sometimes to forget to stop and celebrate the milestones of what we achieve in business because it's been a crappy week or a crappy year and hello, we've just had COVID or just because we're busy and it kind of all slips by too quickly. So when I was thinking about what um, I'd love to share with you on this week's podcast, I was thinking about all the things I've learned in the last 15 years. And the fact that I really love to learn through other people's experience. I love to learn from people who have been there and done that, what worked, what didn't, who have done all the trialing and the erroring so that I don't have to do that. And I thought, well, perhaps if I shared some of the lessons I've learned in the last 15 years, you might be able to relate And perhaps it might even make things easier for you. If you didn't have to trial the things that I tried that didn't work, if you didn't have to learn the lessons that I've learned in the time that it's possibly taken me to learn them, perhaps you can get further faster and it's going to help you on your business journey. I can't quite remember where I first heard this quote, but it was possibly Dean Graziosi, uh, who I listen to his podcast from time to time. And he was referring to this concept of cutting a check to go faster. Now, he was, of course, talking about a paid course or program, but it was the theory, the idea of getting the information from someone else's experience to get you further faster, to get you ahead so you don't have to trial and error all the things that someone else has already done. And I love that quote, love that concept. I use it all the time. And it's really how I learn best in my business journey as well and in life generally. So today's episode is the first of a three-part series on the 15 top lessons, and there are many, many, many more (laughs) that I've learned in the last 15 years of business. So here's what happened 15 years ago, because 
when we think about most people starting businesses, we think about all the planning that's gone into it, the thought, the stressing, the consideration, the you know, in-depth business planning, financial planning, all the things that you would probably do, <laughs> I say probably, if you're going to start a business. Here's what happened for me 15 years ago. I had recently taken on a job as a a manager of a particular branch of a business, a, a very big uh, global business, and I'd taken on a management role of a local branch, a consultancy business. And I really wanted the management role, and I did very well very quickly. It became very clear to me that it wasn't too difficult to do some of the things that apparently others struggled with. And about oh, very quickly, a couple of weeks in, it became very clear that this business was about to undergo quite a major restructure. And so if I've been there oh, look, maybe four weeks and was you know, kicking some pretty major goals. I was very clear at this point about what was missing in the local market and was going out and, and doing the things to remedy that and to offer services to clients. Um, and, and I'm really glad I had that experience. I want to say this straight up because that four weeks told me everything I needed to know about the local market before what happens next. And that was on, uh, do you remember that, about fifth or sixth week with the business, they undertook a massive national restructure of every single branch in their business. And they would have had, I don't know, maybe 300 branches around Australia. And what that meant was the division that I had taken on the leadership role in was going to be merged into a different division. So effectively, in every branch across the country, two management positions were going to become one. Now, I'll paint the picture here and say the person in the other management role had been with the business for, I think it was about 12 years at the time. She was very longstanding. She was very good at running her division. She wasn't good at running the division I was running, but that was small by comparison. Her division was large. She was exceptional at running it and had been with the business a very long time, had a lot of, you know, strong relationships, a lot of credibility. Clearly, she'd been there so much longer and, you know, she had all the runs on the board. And I had a millisecond to consider this. I could go up against her for that one management position, but that would also leave me leading a division that I had no interest in leading as well as my own. And the reality is she put in all the hard yards. She really deserved it. I, I didn't really want to be going up against her. And so I, the alternative was go up against her or just take a consulting job working under her. And she wasn't probably my ideal management style, to be fair. She probably wasn't someone I necessarily wanted to work for. And so this happened. This happened, as I said, in week five or six of my employment. I made the decision within 24 hours that I was going to tender my resignation and start my own business. I had to give one week's notice. I tendered my resignation and seven days later, I had a business name registered. I had a logo designed. I had business cards being printed. I had leased an office space because obviously that's the first thing you do because um, I was determined I was not going to work from home. I had written an entire policies and procedures manual for the business. I had templates and documents um, ready to go. And I picked up the phone and started telemarketing for business. <laughs> and that is it. 
there was zero planning. There was a gut feel that I knew what I needed to do and I knew it would work because of this experience I just had. And I just did it. I did it at a time that my now ex-husband was overseas because he would have no way been okay with that. And I set up my own business. Within a week, had first clients. Within a month, had my first employee. The rest, as they say, is history. And I wanted to share that story with you because not all businesses are born out of exceptional planning that you probably should do. Not all businesses are born out of a thought process that lasts 12 months. In fact, I came up with the business name with a friend over a bottle of wine one night. (laughs) There was lots of, you know, thinking about it, but not everything is the result of mass planning. Some things are the result of a trusting your gut and just going for it. And that's what I did. So that's what happened 15 years ago. Now, at the time, of course, I was much younger. I had plenty of confidence about my ability to do this job and to start this business. And I considered myself a pretty good leader. I considered myself meant for this entrepreneurial world. It had been something that I had been hungry for for a long time. But what I can tell you is in the last 15 years, I've learned a whole lot about, about my skill set, about myself, about building and managing teams. And that's what I want to share with you in this three-part series. So I've really broken it down into three key areas. I want to share with you the five top lessons I've learned about leadership. And that's what we're going to chat about today. The five top lessons I've learned about building and managing teams. And in the third part, I want to chat to you about the five lessons I've learned about juggling entrepreneurialism, being an entrepreneur with the real life of the other people you have around you. And those of you who know what I'm talking about know what I'm talking about. So let's let's just dive into part one today. What are the five lessons that I've learned that have stayed with me most when it comes to leadership? Because as I said, I considered myself a natural leader. I'd been putting together teams of one form or another since I was a teenager, teams of dance troops, teams of staff in businesses. I figured that I was a natural leader because I've always just done that. I don't know why, for whatever reason, because I saw the need, because I saw no one else was going to do it, because I was passionate about it, and it had all worked brilliantly well. So I had no reason to question my leadership skills. Until my leadership skills were tested, (laughs) as anyone else had their leadership skills tested, and I was early in my career in a leadership role uh, with an agency in Sydney, and my leadership skills were tested, and in that moment, I realized that the girl filing her nails at her desk, refusing to answer the phone, was sent to test me, and that I actually needed to do some work on my leadership skills. I needed to learn, and since that time, I've realized that It's a constant learning journey, this whole process of leadership. Some people are naturally good at it, others aren't. Either way, we all need to continue to learn. It's a constant, constant process. Every time you think you've got it sorted, it's new level, new devil. There's something else sent to challenge you. So here they are, my five lessons that I think have stayed with me most about leadership that I've discovered in the last 15 years. Lesson one is you can't hide. Now, no matter how crappy your day is, no matter how you're feeling, no matter how much you want to crawl into a corner, you do not have an option to hide as a leader. You simply must show up for your team. 
I had to learn this lesson the hard way because, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, I consider myself more of an introvert. I'm certainly, I define myself as an ambivert, but I absolutely have introvert tendencies and times. And there were some days leading a team that I did not want to talk to anyone. I just wanted some space and some silence to do some work. That's actually not an option because if you're not showing up as a leader, no matter how you're feeling, your team needs you. If you're not showing up, they will flail without you and you lose their trust and respect by not showing up. So whether this is natural to your personality style, you simply can't hide. It's not an option. And the sooner you accept it and roll with it and find a way to make it work for you, the easier your leadership journey becomes. Now, as I said, for me as an introvert, I found it tough because I wanted some quiet time, some silent time. I just wanted to close my office door, to be fair. And it wasn't because I didn't like the people I was leading. That's not what it was about at all. But for me to recharge, I need that time. And as a leader, sometimes you can't get it. Sometimes it's not an option and you've got to learn to manage that and deal with it. But I've seen this play out as well with other teams I've witnessed where an extrovert has been a leader and they're fine with the not hiding part, but it's what they do when they're in front of their team that if it's the wrong thing, if it's the wrong communication, if they're not present with their team in a genuine way, can really be their undoing. So lesson one for me was that you can't hide. The second lesson that I think you'll all relate to in leadership roles is that you need to have courage. Walt Disney said, courage is the main quality of leadership, in my opinion, no matter where it is exercised. And if you've ever listened to any information or read any information about Walt Disney and the organization as a whole, they have exceptional leaders. Their leaders are brilliant. And I think that there is no doubt as a leader, you must have courage because leadership is hard. If someone tells you it's not, they're lying. Leadership is a tough gig. And at times as a leader, things will be uncertain. You won't know what's going to happen next. You won't have the answers. You may be fearful or scared about the current situation of the business or a challenge that the business is facing, or that you might fail. All of those things are a reality for a leader, but we have to have the courage to not show that to our team. And that's not about not being vulnerable. That's a different thing. But it's about in the face of that fear, standing up and being ready to lead anyway. It takes guts to be a leader. Really true determination. If you've read the book by Angela Duckworth, Grit, I think they, you know, I think that really sums up what you require in your leadership. It's that stick-to-itness, as she calls it, the courage to just keep going no matter what's going on, no matter how fearful you are, how uncertain you are, the courage to continue is what really, really counts. So lesson two is you need courage. Lesson three is this, and this took me a while. I was pretty bad at learning this lesson, to be fair. Don't pretend to know or to have everything together when you don't. I really did try and know everything and had it all together, particularly the had it all together part. I was like, no chinks in my armor. No one's going to be seeing any of that. Let me let you in on a little secret. Your team can see that. It takes the guts of one of them to tell you that they can see it sometimes for you to know, but your team will see straight through it if they think that you are not being genuine. And what that means is you'll lose their respect. You'll lose their trust. 
no one benefits from that. If your team don't trust you, they're not going to follow you on your vision. They're not going to be engaged in the business or the team. So trust is fundamental. And if you pretend to know it and you don't, if you pretend to have it all together when you don't, then you'll lose that trust and that will have huge impacts on your team. And this is going back to what I was saying about being vulnerable. Being courageous and saying you can't hide is not about not being vulnerable. You need to be vulnerable sometimes when you don't have all the answers, when you don't know, when you don't have it all together. And it's how you communicate that that matters. And that brings me on to lesson four, and that is that communication is king. Simon Sinek is one of my favorite thought leaders, authors. I just think the way he thinks about the world of work is not only inspiring, but just really challenges norms in a really just founding way. I don't know how else to describe it. But he says that great leaders communicate and great communicators lead. For him, communication is intrinsically tied into leadership. And I, to be honest, couldn't agree more. And communication is not about talking. Of course, that's part of it. But communication is also about listening. It's about communicating the the message that you need to communicate in a way that is going to land with the people that need to hear it. And that might mean communicating in different ways for different members of your team. Communication is a two-way street. It's between you and them. You need to listen as well as speak. You need to watch their body language. You need to see what's happening in action. Communication is a much more holistic process than purely dialogue. Sometimes with a team, it's the words you whisper that matter most. You can scream and shout. It'll get your attention for a short period of time. But if you truly want your team to listen, sometimes bringing it down a level makes all the difference. And I think the thing with communication is consistently communicating authentically is what really brings it for your team. You need to be able to communicate even when you don't have the answers, when you're not sure what's going to happen, simply communicating that I might not have all the answers yet, but here's what I'm going to do. Your team want to know that there's a plan. You as a leader, that's your role to to bring that plan to them. And if you don't have it all together yet, totally fine, but communicate that in a way that gives them hope and trust that you are going to figure it out because that's your role. And lesson number five is... Your people come first. Now, this might be contradictory to some other things that I do tend to say, like self-care is not selfish, and I still believe that wholeheartedly. But when you're leading a team, you must put your people first. You must, as um, Stephen Dovey says, seek first to understand. Listen first before you speak. That's what I mean when your team when I say your team must come first. Even if you know what they're going to say, even if you know that they're wrong, give them the space to speak first, seek to understand their viewpoint rather than just giving them your opinion, advice, instruction, or whatever it might be. Your job really as a leader is to identify your team's talents, their strengths, the opportunities within the team, and create an environment where your team feels safe to flourish, where those talents, those opportunities rise to the top because you've created the environment for it to happen. 
Your role as a leader is not to do all the things or not to give every single tiny step and direction in the process. Your role as a leader is to inspire your team towards achieving a vision through ways and means and talents that they already intrinsically have. And if you aren't putting your people first, you are never, ever going to create the environment where they feel safe and trusted and motivated and inspired to do the things that they can do best. You know as a leader that it's not about hiring people that are worse than you or different than you. It's about hiring people that are better than you in the areas that you don't excel in. And then all boats rise together. So they're my five lessons on leadership. You can't hide. You need courage. Don't pretend to know it all or have it all together when you don't. Communication is king and your people come first. Now, I've learned a lot about leadership in the last 15 years. It's probably the thing I've learned most about because I really had to challenge myself because I thought it was something that came fairly naturally to me and I continue to learn. It is an area that I continue to develop because it's so important in being able to build amazing businesses. And I know for some people, leadership is not their comfort zone. It doesn't have to be. You can learn to be good at this. And if you really hate leading people, then I encourage you to hire someone else in your business to do that. Because if it's something that you are going to constantly resist, you will never be able to build the team that you need to make your business successful. So if it's really, truly something you hate doing and don't want to have any involvement in, I encourage you to step out of that role in your business and employ someone who is strong in that space to really help drive your business forward because without a strong leader, it's like a boat without a rudder. It's never going to go in the direction you need it to go in as quickly as you need it to get there. So this is part one of our three-part series and next episode, I'm going to have a chat to you about the five key lessons I've learned about teams. And this comes from my own experience absolutely in my team, but also the experience I've had working with the hundreds and thousands of other businesses I've worked with and their teams and the lessons I've learned about what works in teams, what's important in teams and what we focus too much on that we really, really shouldn't. So that'll be on next week's episode of the podcast. In the meantime, I've got an invitation for you. I would love for you to join us over on our free Facebook group, which is called HR Support for Australian Businesses. Inside this group, there is um, particular training that happens every week, which is totally free run by me. But what we always say, to be fair, what, what we do in that group is we don't take ourselves as business owners and as leaders too seriously. We have a bit of fun. We talk about all things to do with our teams and running a business. And we also provide a bit of training and insight, but I would love it if you joined us there. It's a great community of like-minded business owners, leaders, and managers who are all connecting, um, totally free to join. And it's just a little bit of fun as well. So it's in Facebook groups. It's called HR support for Australian businesses. And I'll pop a link in today's show notes for you as well. So if you head over to peoplepoweredbusiness.com.au and click on episode number 56 of the podcast, you will find the link right there. So that's it from me for today. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you have an amazing week and I can't wait to join you next week here on the podcast. Take care.